Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Is Thursday, January 28th, 2021. This is Shannon, and today I'm here with Kristen and Brooke, and we are talking about royals. So we yeah. have a pretty good mixture of royal books. We have some fantasy. I have an alternate history. We have some contemporary romance, some historical fiction. It is going to be a beautiful royal episode. So... I'm going to start out, as always, with the usual housekeeping information, and then I will turn it over to Brooke for her first book, followed by me, and then by Kristen. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can always post just on the Book Bistro timeline. Some of you have done that. I'm always so happy to see when you've published posts there. You can join our Facebook listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. You can keep an eye on some of what we're reading. We usually update you each Wednesday with a look at our current reads. If you'd like to get a hold of us and social media is not really your thing, you can email us. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. So my first book tonight is Kill the Queen, Crown of Shards, yes. number one by Jennifer Estep. And this book is about a girl named Evie. Um, and she is the 17th in line for the, um, for the throne. So She's kind of overlooked and nobody really pays attention to her. And she kind of likes it that way. She doesn't really want to be queen or anything like that. So one day um, she's like her and her family, they are attending like a gathering of, um, of some sort. And her cousin ends up killing um her killing the queen so the her cousin it was the princess um and she was she's the first in line (laughs) for the for the crown and she has killed her mother and she also she that's good exactly (laughs) (laughs) and while this is happening she's also killing all of her family members like her and um all these guards that she has gotten onto her side. They're they're killing everybody because she just wants absolutely nobody in her family to be able to stay alive and to be able to like battle her for the throne. So she does this and in the end Evie's left and she attacks Evie. And little does she know, but Evie has a bit of a secret. She has an immunity to magic. So her cousin thinks that there's no way that Evie's going to live 
um, because her her cousin has like this power with lightning and like she can like fry people and stuff like that but Mm. evie does survive um she gets ends up getting thrown off um, a cliff into the water and she survives so she ends up going and she joins a gladiator troop and while doing this nobody knows that evie is part of the royal family they just think that she's just somebody that's shown up and that is showing some aptitude for um, gladiator, for being a gladiator. So wow. some things happen and stuff like that. And she ends up telling the, her, the, um, the troop that she is um, part of the royal family and that she's the last in the line of the winter, um, winter family. Because there's the winter and the summer. Um, I, they're kind of like different lines of the royal family. And she's the last in the winter line. And then her cousin is the last in the summer line. So she tells the, glady- the gladiator troop. And they together put together a decision that they're going to help Evie take back her... Um, her land and take back her palace so this was a really good book and I really like the series itself like I loved learning about gladiators because like I remember the movie gladiator and I loved it and like this is kind of similar so like the gladiators they do a lot of like um they're showing off for the people like they're kind of like entertainment but at the same time the troop is also they're like they're very well trained warriors so evie is so lucky to have them on her side so if you're interested in gladiators and you want to learn more then check out kill the queen crown of shards number one by jennifer estep this has actually been on my tbr for a while you need think, to read oh, it. It was, so it was the whole gladiator good. thing that kind of got me into wanting to read it. My first book is not about gargoyles, sadly. I have like no gargoyle books to talk about. But I do have an alternate history novel. This is The Boleyn King. It's the first book in the Boleyn trilogy by Laura Anderson. And this book exists along the premise of what if Anne Boleyn had been able to give Henry VIII a son. And so there were only two royal wives, Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn. She gave birth, of course, to Elizabeth. And in real life, she was never able to give birth to a son. But in Laura Anderson's world, she did. And so now there is Henry IX, who is the King of England. And he is known as Will for some reason that I don't understand but he (laughs) is 18 and the king and he is really struggling to sort of find his footing as the king his father has been dead now since will was a little boy but when he was really young there was a regent who ruled sort of for him and now that he's an adult he is kind of trying to figure out how to be a king in his own right 
And he has three very strong allies, one of whom is his older sister, Elizabeth, who, of course, we know of as Elizabeth I, who is later the Queen of England. He then has his good friend, who is also sort of his like chief advisor, whose name is um, Dominic. And then there is an orphan girl who was raised at the court by Queen Anne, and her name is Minuet. And together, these four begin to kind of delve into all sorts of court intrigue, some of which has to do with whether or not Will is actually the legitimate heir to the throne, or should the throne pass to Mary, um, Henry VIII's oldest daughter, sort of as it did in, in real life. So there's a lot of intrigue here, a lot of um, stuff that we're kind of familiar with, like the big battle between Protestants and Catholics for sort of supremacy in England. Um, there is a lot of talk about making royal marriages and, you know, securing allies. So it feels very much like historical fiction would in terms of just like life at court, the everyday goings on, kind of how people achieve status and power. But it's based in this world that, of course, never really existed. And so it feels almost fantastical in a way, because you know, of course, that Henry the Ninth, you know, is not a real person. And like Elizabeth the First should actually be the queen. And here she's just like a princess and kind of a, a good friend to her brother. Um, this is a young adult historical novel and it does have a bit of a love triangle at the end of the first book and that didn't thrill me I'm not I don't always have like enough patience to deal with love triangles but I'm pretty eager to see kind of how this plays out so I will finish the series at some point and I will also move on to the Virgin series which is about Elizabeth the first rule and sort of what happens, um, apparently she is not a virgin queen in this world and gives birth to a daughter and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm pretty eager to see how this all plays out. So this is the Boleyn King, Boleyn Trilogy, book one by Laura Anderson. I've never read alternate history books. So this is a series that I found fairly recently, and but it is not a new series. Um, I think it I think the first book maybe came out in 2012 possibly. Um I'm not exactly sure. Um but this is such a lovely series. It is the Latvala Royals L A T V A L A. And um the first book is called Air Untamed. And it is so delightful. So this is about a girl. Her name is Shay. And she lives in Seattle. She is a photographer. And when we meet her, she's kind of down on her luck. She's not sure how she's going to make her next month's rent. Um, she's just not having a fantastic day. She comes home to... Um, a 60-day eviction notice or 30-day, oh. something like that. But it, it, either way, it's an eviction notice. It's no good. Um, and she's sitting on her couch trying to figure out what in the world she's going to do. 
when she gets a knock at the door. So she goes to answer the door and there are these two very well-dressed men standing there. And they ask her or they tell her they are there to obtain her photographer services. And if they could please meet with her. So she agrees to meet with them and um, they meet at the her complex clubhouse thing. So she doesn't invite them in. But um, they are there to offer her a job for the royal family of Letvala. And what this family wants her to do is she will live in the palace. She will do some scheduled photo shoots. And then they also want her to just get some candid shots of the family, um, of the grounds, of the, of the palace, all of this. And they will pay her a huge sum of money. And she will live in Letvala for four months. So she's like, what the hello let's do it so she takes off to Latvala and they've you know they give her all the rules and regulations you're allowed to wander everywhere in the palace you want take whatever pictures you want except for the third floor because that's the family's private quarters while she is roaming the estate and taking pictures and horseback riding out to the river and getting pictures of the land she runs into who she thinks and who she is told is the lead security guard. And oh. at first, he is... Uh, well, she gets pretty mad at him because the way they meet is she's out in the woods on her own and he just comes upon her and kind of scares her and tells her, you know, you don't belong here. If I find out you are trespassing, blah, 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 I'll have you forcibly removed. You, and If you're truly allowed on this estate, then, you know, follow my rules and all of this. The next time she goes out wandering, there are gunshots. Oh. And he, he comes out of nowhere and tackles her off her horse. And so she's pretty mad about this, too. But while he's annoying her, he's also really handsome and he kind of turns out to be funny and a good conversationalist. And so they kind of hit it off after she's not mad at him anymore. But as time goes on, she learns he is not the head of security. He is first in line for the throne. And she has already had a couple of overnighters with this man. She's really come to like this guy. And she is pretty P.O.'d that he didn't tell her who he really was. Um, <clears throat> so this, there's so much more to this book because there's also a murder plot that, that goes on. Um, there's several attempts on Shay's life, the first being the gunshots in the woods. Those, those were kind of warning shots. Um, but then she's, there's actually someone that comes into her bedroom at night and attacks her and pretty much tells oh. her, you need to watch your back. Oh. Um, so there's some pretty deep intrigue. There's some very deep 
interfamily treachery going on um, with the king and his wife. Um, some things come to light about the 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 family is it's called they're called the Atasari family. And there's a lot of deep family secrets that go back years and years and years. And, you know, Shay is just uncovering these. And then she's like practically attacked in her bed and her sleep. Um, Attempts are are made on her life several times. So it's really, really good. There's romance. There's murder plots. There's family secrets. There's all kinds of good things in this series. I am currently on book four. I believe. Yeah, book four. Um, And it just gets better and better and better and better. So I highly recommend this series. And the first book is Air Untamed, the Latvala Royals, number one, by Daniel Borden. It sounds really good. I might actually check this out. It is so beautiful. So my next book is Royals, Royals number one by Rachel Hawkins. And I first read Rachel Hawkins' um, book. They were like a fantasy. They're at like a boarding school. So when I saw that she wrote a Royals book, I was pretty interested because I really liked her other series. So this book is about a girl a 16 year old girl named daisy winters and daisy winters sister ellie is almost engaged to the prince of scotland and almost. daisy yeah almost she's, she's just about there <laughs> so <laughs> daisy um is really not much for the spotlight she doesn't really like she doesn't care to be noticed and she just likes kind of doing her own thing and being her own person like um for example they point out that her hair is like red like ariel from little mermaid like she just (laughs) kind of is very much her own person well the tabloids start to uh notice her and as a result Ellie asks her to come to Scotland and to spend some time at the castle. And while she's there, she's um, one of um, the prince's people is assigned to her. His name is Miles. And Miles, his job is to help Daisy become more, um, like, more like a princess. Because... They kind of they would like her not to be um, so much uh, tabloid fodder as she is, but the problem is, Daisy is as I said very much her own person. So she has her own ideas of what she wants to do and what she's willing to do for her sister. And while this is all happening, um, the prince's brother who's very much, they call him a rogue. He's very much a rogue. He does his own thing. He um, is not making it very easy for Daisy to stay out of the tabloids. So you could only imagine what kind of um, trouble they get into. So this book was awesome. I'm not going to, I don't want to give too much more because it's just, it's just a great book and it's just a really neat 
um, kind of take on the royal family and stuff like that because I never really read a book like this where the person it's just kind of some normal person becomes royalty so that was really interesting to me so this is royals royals book one by Rachel Hawkins very interesting this is this has been on my list for a while interesting so my next pick kind of piggybacks off of Kristen's book and Brooke's book. So this is A Princess in Theory, Reluctant Royals, book one by Alyssa Cole. Ah, uh, yes. And this is one of those books that um, kind of does what Brooke was talking about, where an ordinary person sort of becomes royal. And that ordinary person is a young woman named Nelidi. And she has grown up in the foster system, very scientifically minded. She pretty much figures that the only things she can count on in life are herself and the scientific method. So she keeps getting these emails and, you know, I think we all get spam emails that tell us like someone wants to leave us lots of money if we just like respond to them or, <laughs> you know, people want to marry us or whatever kind of random stuff yep. comes in spam. So she keeps getting these emails that say that she has long been betrothed to an African prince and the African oh. prince supposedly wants to claim her for his bride. Oh, boy. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I'm in grad school. I'm too busy for this. Like, this is dumb. I'm going to delete these emails. And so she does. So she's working in a restaurant and this guy comes in and she thinks that he is the new waiter. And he's like a terrible, terrible, terrible waiter. Like, nothing <laughs> about this is any good. And she's trying to, like, tell him, you know, this is not like how you how you do this like this is no good and they end up hitting it off they become friends and she never knows well not never but she doesn't know for quite a while that he is the aforementioned African prince and that really she has been betrothed to him since she was a child and how that all came about is a big part of the book that I don't want to spoil for you but she ends up leaving home and traveling to this African country with him and learning kind of about who she really is. She learns about the royal family. She learns some secrets like from her own past. And it's just a really, really delightful sort of like fairy tale come true kind of book. Um, I love the practical, no nonsense heroine. Like she's not all into you know, getting dressed up and like royal etiquette. Like she's just, she's very, very down to earth. And I love that about her. This is just an outstanding book. I definitely want to finish the series and the spinoff series. Um, the first book is called How to Catch a Queen, came out in December. The second book in the series is a female-female romance, which makes me super excited. So I will definitely be reading more of these. But this one is A Princess in Theory, Reluctant Royals, book one, by Alyssa Cole, and I highly, highly recommend it. That sounds really good. That's on my TBR, too. 
my next book is one that I have talked about on a previous episode. I believe it was our uh, sci-fi episode. And I can't say enough good things about this trilogy. I love it, love it, love it. Behind the Throne, the Andronan War series, book one, well, trilogy, I guess, by KB Wagers. Um, And this kind of, um, I think it might even appeal to you, Brooke, because there's a lot of inner family treachery with murder plot going on. Um, Yes. So, Halemi, yeah, Shannon finally read it. (laughs) I'm so happy. But again, I finally <laughs> finished the first book and it was so so outstanding. Yes, it is. And so Halemi, and I love her name, um, is a she is part of a royal family, but she left uh years and years ago to track down her father's killer. And in, in that process, she just decided to never return home. She didn't want to be a part of the royalty, she didn't want to be a part of the 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 whole what do they call it pomp and circ I can't even say it um pomp and circumstance yes that <laughs> pomp and circumstance she she doesn't want to deal with being the princess she doesn't want um you know she's not the the first in line for the throne anyway um and she becomes a gunrunner she has a ship she has a crew she's in love with another gunrunner who turns out to not be a gunrunner after all, but she didn't know this. Um, but then some crazy family stuff starts to go on, and these two trackers come out to drag her very unwillingly back home to Andrana and Andrana to to take her place as heir to the throne because. Her two older sisters have been killed, as well as her niece. Her mother is becoming very ill, and they don't think she's going to last much longer. And so she gets back, and she she falls into her role as princess, but she is very much not going to take crap from anybody. She is not going to deal with a lot of whiny highfalutin officials that think they know everything. She's not going to deal with people trying to do a whole lot of um, politicking. She's like, there's stuff going on here and we need to handle it. And if you can't put down some rules, then I'm going to do it myself. There's so much that goes on. There's so much that happens. And it's hard kind of not to give a spoiler, but this is such a good book. And the whole trilogy is amazing. Um, and Halemi is just a great character overall. Um, so this again is Behind the Throne in Drawn and War, book one by KB Wagers, and everybody must read it like now. It's so good. I have the second one on my iPad. Read it. Read it. So my next book is a book that I was so excited to be able to talk about. And I'm very surprised that Shannon let me. But this <laughs> is Night Mist Indigo Court, <laughs> number one, by Yasmin Gallinorm. And 
I guess the best way to start it is by saying, eons ago, vampires have decided to turn um, the Dark Fae into um, vampires. And they wanted to do this in order to harness their magical powers. But the only problem with this is they didn't realize that by doing this, they were creating some pretty awful demons. Demons that were even more powerful than they ever could imagine. So now we've got, um, we've got Mist, and she is the queen of, um, she's a vampire, um, vampiric dark fae um, queen. Um, she's a queen of the Indigo Court. She is, has decided that she wants to rule and she's going to take over no matter like who stands in her way. So now we kind of go off to, um, and we meet Sicily. And Sicily is a witch and she is able to harness the wind. And she um, has been called back home to, because her family is in danger. And when she gets home, she finds out that her aunt has gone missing. And a lot of kind of like people are going missing and people are being killed and like things are just happening. And it's all kind of leads back to the Indigo Court and um, missed wanting to take over. And so Cicely, along with her cousin, they, um, her, her cousin, they decide that they're going to try, they want to try and find her, um, her aunt. But the problem is they can't enter the forest because the Indigo Court um, people, they're going to like, they're going to capture them. And if they capture them, then they know like bad things are going to happen. So while this is all happening, they're trying to, kind of collect allies and they're having to partner with some people like the vampires which is a pretty interesting partnership that doesn't always work out the way that they had hoped but um she also has to partner with um i think she's the queen of of summer so they're also like, so she thinks she's partnering with these people, but as she learns more, Cicely realizes that um, the head of the vampires, as well as the queen of summer, they've kind of got her, they're kind of using her as one of their pawns um, because they feel that she's the only one that is going to be able to defeat uh, missed and save everyone from the Indigo Court. And while it's all happening, she discovers that her long-lost love, well, I guess not really lost, but her long-love um, grieve, he has been captured by the Indigo Court. And he needs, she needs to figure out how to save him. But then while this is all happening as well, her friend goes missing. And so her and her cousin have to figure out how to save her friend. And that's really all I can tell you because if I tell you more, then I'm going to be spoiling. But this was just such a great series. Like, I love... 
the way that the characters grow from book to book. I love yes. the um like the the darkness that you get from the vampires as well as from the indigo court itself. And I just really loved the whole concept of these vampiric fae. So this is Night Mist, Indigo Court, book one by Yasmin Gallinarm. And thank you, Shannon, for letting me talk about it. <laughs> I figure, you know, you, you have to share the, the Yasmin love. But yes, this is a great series. I wasn't sure if I would, like, how much I would love it because it's very different from her other world books, which yeah. was the first series that I read by her. And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, what if, what if I don't like it? But they captured you right by the I first did. book. Like, right yes, by they the do. first. Because I, I think if I hadn't liked the first book, it would have been harder to like it. But, yes. like, they really, they capture you right there. And they, you can't stop reading. Like, I was, I reread, these... I reread the book for this series. Oh, and like for the I episode? couldn't stop myself. I read the second book over. <laughs> like, I, oh, I feel so like I've got to read it off. <laughs> These were originally put out um, by her traditional publisher back in the day, which was Berkeley. But recently, since she has gone indie, she has republished them under her own um, Night Queen Enterprises like line of books. And so they are available um, as ebooks with new covers. All right. So my next pick takes us to the realm of historical fiction. This is The Girl in White Gloves by Carrie Maher. This came out last year and it is fantastic. It's the story of Grace Kelly, who was an actress in the 1950s. And she grew up kind of like working class. She grew up in Philadelphia. She had a big family and she always had dreams of being a star. So she went to Hollywood and, of course, she became quite famous, but fame wasn't really all she thought it would be. And she was deeply, deeply unhappy, even though she was like one of the most successful actresses of her time. And then she met and married the Prince of Monaco. And so she became an actual princess. And again, you know, this was not sort of the, the fairy tale that she was hoping for. And so it really goes into a lot of depth in terms of like what her life was like both before and after her marriage to the prince. And you kind of see that, you know, as kids, like we all think it would be fantastic to be royalty. And we have these dreams of, you know, being queens mm. and princesses and <laughs> And she, you know, always kind of did have those dreams. And so she had really high hopes for her marriage and what her life would look like once she was married. And unfortunately, it did not, it didn't play out that way. Um, there were a lot of good things about her life, but it was not, you know, quite the way she anticipated. And so we follow her throughout her life um, all the way up until she died in a terrible car accident. I figured that's not a spoiler because this is actually like stuff that happened in real life. So I don't think I can like spoil the truth. <laughs> um, but I really love this. Mayher is a gifted, gifted writer who 
brings grace to life so vividly on the page. So if you like historical fiction, if you like Hollywood stories, and of course, if you like royalty, I highly recommend this one. It is The Girl in White Gloves, and it's by Carrie Maher. If you also want kind of another look at Princess Grace, I recommend Meet Me in Monaco, um, a novel of the royal wedding by Hazel Gaynor and Heather Webb. I've seen that one. I've seen the title. Yes. Meet me I love Hazel Gaynor. So this is a book I'm currently reading. Um, and it is really, really good. I don't read a whole lot of historical fiction, but I was very pleasantly surprised by this book. And I, I'm not done with it, but I think I'm far enough into it to kind of give a good intriguing tug into it into this book. So this is The Royal Royal Governess by Wendy Holden. And this is about Marion Crawford, who was Queen Elizabeth II's governess for uh, at least 17 years. I've seen 16 and I've seen 17, so I'm a little confused on that. Um, but she was her governess um, as, along with Margaret for quite a long time. Um, and in the beginning of this book, Marion is a young girl, she's 22, and she wants to be a teacher. Um, so she is in school to be a teacher. She is one of the best students there. Um, but her thing is she wants to teach the poor people. She wants to work in the slums. And while her principal admires that, she really thinks that she would be a great asset to um, teaching the higher class because these, the higher class are just, they need to know what's really, they need to see and know what's going on out there. They're kind of oblivious to the poor side of the world. And Marion, she, she's grown up poor. Um, she visits the slums on a weekly basis um, and all of this. And so the first, the first little girl she goes to teach is not, um, is not Queen Elizabeth or she, it's not Elizabeth. It's right. her, it's, it's her, her cousin, Elizabeth's cousin. Um, and then because of that appointment, because she takes that appointment and meets the Duke and Duchess of York, they, like her so much that they want her to come and teach Elizabeth and, and to be Elizabeth's governess. Um, but it's, she doesn't, she's not sure if she wants to do that. And so she turns down the offer um, because she, she's very set on teaching in the slums, teaching the poor. But then the, the Duchess sends her a, a letter, a personal letter and says, you know, come and come and stay with us for a month. See how you like it. See how we get along. If you still, if you still don't want to stay, then, you know, you don't have to, if you want to continue, then you can. Um, so she goes off to, she goes off and takes the month. And when she gets there, she's very surprised at how much of, 
how normal the family wants to be, but how little the girl Elizabeth actually knows about the world. Like while they still have fun and play and the parents are very involved in all of that. Um, she's still very uneducated about the outside world around her because she is still very privileged. So Marion sets out to kind of enlighten her and to teach her about the outside world. Um, and this is, this is told in the synopsis. She wants to take Elizabeth out into the world. She wants her to ride on the underground. She wants her to go um, and, and walk amongst the normal non-royal people of the world and see how people actually live. So this, this is turning into a really, really good book. It's in several parts um, because each part is like a different, um, it's all from Marion's point of view, but it, it's like a different, when she's in school than from when she's teaching Margaret Rose and then when she goes to teach Elizabeth. So it's very intriguing. It's all historically, factually based and things that you would not expect um, such as the the Duke and Duchess of York. Um, it, it's very interesting. They're not... Um, they don't act snobby. <laughs> they don't act like royals to, to some degree. So this is a very good book. I, I recommend it. Um, and for being factually based, it's written really well, in my opinion, because I usually get bored with things like that. So this is The Royal Governess by Wendy Holden. And it's, it's actually not a part of a series. And I don't usually do that. So now I'm lost on what to say next. It's true. <laughs> it's a standalone. It For is. people who want to know more about the research that went into this book, I was lucky enough to chat oh, yeah. with Wendy Holden last fall um, when this book was released. I need to and listen to that. Yeah, and she I goes into quite a bit of information, like quite a bit of depth as far as like what research she did and the things that surprised her in her research. It's just a really fascinating interview. So if you are interested, um, you should check it out. So my last book is Ash Princess, Ash Princess number one by Laura Sebastian. And this book is about a girl named Theo. So she's a more formal name, but I'll, we'll call her Theo. And Theo, when she was six years old, her, um, her, her mother, the fire queen, was murdered. And the Kaiser took over. And he took all of Theo's land and um, took over Theo's palace and just like took it all over. And they, he has been holding her as a prisoner for the past 10 years. And he took away her name. So he, is, he calls her the Ash Princess. So like whenever they do something formal, she dresses all up and then he always sends to her room a crown made of ash. And like, as the night progresses, 
of course, being made of ash, it her crown like kind of just falls, the skin disintegrates. Mm. And it's kind of his way of like putting it in her face that like, this is my kingdom and you're nothing. Like he's taken away her name. He's taken away her people. He's taken away her family. And he just has her as, and he like torments her. Like he tortures her and she, um, if anything like goes wrong. So like if he thinks that the rebels have done something, like somebody's rebelling against him, that he punishes her. So she's got a lot of like scars, for example, on her back because he's like, he whips her and he does like kind of really not very nice things to her. And he doesn't treat her very well as, um, as well. So no. she is obviously not having a great time. And so she's, um, when this book takes place, she's 16 years old now. And she, is kind of just trying to get by. Like she's trying not to be noticed and she just wants to get by and she wants to survive. Like she's kind of gone inside of herself and she just doesn't show anybody who she really is. Until one day, um, the Kaiser makes her do something that kind of changes her world. Um, he has, she has, um, he, sorry, has her, murder who we later find out is her father so he was um yeah he was kind of i can't remember his like formal title but he was kind of like the protector of her mother but then he was also her like her father so we find out it was her father and the kaiser makes um theo murder him like kill him right so this obviously changes things for her and she just begins grieving and stuff and then um one day a boy comes and talks to her and she realizes it's somebody from her past from when she was younger his name is blaze and him and um blaze and theo they kind of grew up together but then they've obviously lost contact when um when she was taken prisoner and blaze and has been working alongside of her father and they were going to try and like help her get away. They were going to try and um, get her away from the Kaiser, but obviously that didn't work out. But Blaze is has told, has told her that it's time that she takes back her palace and that she takes back her rightful place. So together, that is exactly what they're going to try and do. And that's where I'm going to stop. But this was just a really good book. Like, I really enjoyed it. I really, I, I felt horrible. Like, you really, really feel for her and how she's treated by the Kaiser. And you really feel for her and, like, the relationships that she has. Like, she has a, she has a best friend, or at least she felt that she was her best friend until she kind of started doing things that her friend no longer liked Then her friend kind of turned her back on her. And so it was just really interesting. And it's just a really interesting look at the other side of like how, where like Daisy was treated with like respect and all this stuff, but then you have poor Theo and she's not being treated with any respect at all. So it's just kind of a really interesting kind of like difference between the different books I read 
So this is Ash Princess, Ash Princess, book one by Laura Sebastian. This trilogy is amazing. Okay, so I was originally going to talk about The Selection by Kira Cass for my last book. However, in talking to Brooke about alternate history earlier in the episode, I realized that I really, really wanted to talk about The Immortal Empire by Kate Locke. So here we go. I haven't read this in probably eight or nine years, so it's been a very long time, but I love this trilogy so much. So the first book is God Save the Queen. Again, it's Immortal Empire, book one by Kate Locke. And this is set in the 21st century Britain, but it's a 21st century unlike anything that we've actually experienced, even though we aren't in Britain. Um, the aristocracy, so Queen Victoria, is a vampire. Oh. And Winston Churchill is also a vampire. Oh. <laughs> and all these aristocracy um, have been turned into vampires because of a terrible plague that sort of ran rampant um, hundreds of years ago. So now, as the ruling vampire queen of England, Victoria is not at all ready to give up her reign. And so she is kind of ruling with this iron fist, and there are all these things that happen. Like there are goblins that live under the ground. Oh. And you don't learn about goblins like right away. Like you, you know that they exist, but you don't fully understand like the role that they play in the world for quite a while. Um, you see a lot of shifters. Um, you see a lot of magic ability. And you have to kind of give the book a chance to explain how all of this works. Because the world feels kind of steampunkish. Except because it's set in like a modern, you know, alternate present day, it's, it's not truly steampunk. So it's, it's hard to explain kind of where this falls. But our main character is named Zandra. And Zandra is what's known as a halfie. She is part of the royal guard responsible for protecting the aristocracy and there are a lot of secrets to Xandra's past that even she doesn't know. When her sister disappears under very, very suspicious circumstances, everyone is kind of content just to say that she's dead and they don't need to look into this. You know, it, it's a shame, but bad things happen sometimes and you just have to get over it. But Xandra says no. And so she decides that she's going to try to find her sister. Of course, in doing so, she uncovers all sorts of things. Um, not many of these are good. And this changes not only her life, but kind of the trajectory of the empire as a whole. So this is such an excellent trilogy. Talking about it like makes me really want to go back and read it again. Because as I said, it's been a long time. Um, but these are excellent. I love the idea of vampires like ruling the world. I don't know why I love that so much. But it's just, I don't know. I've always thought it was really excellent. Um, and the kind of mythology that explains the creation of not only vampires, but 
other types of supernaturals I thought was very well done, especially given the fact that this was written like almost 10 years ago. So this is such a good trilogy, especially if you really enjoy kind of that urban fantasy feel um, and like the whole like royal aspect is just an added layer of excellence. I just love it so much. If you read it on audio, it is read by the incomparable Maura Quirk, who I absolutely adore. So if you haven't read this, please do so. I know that Sarah also really loves it. It is God Save the Queen, Immortal Empire, book one, and it's by Kate Locke. I'm going to look for this book because I'm in like a fantasy vampire kind of Oh, you love this? You will love this so much. Okay, so my final book is American Royals by Catherine McGee, and it is book one in the American Royals series. Um, So this is written um, based off if America had a king and queen. Um, and we almost did. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is uh, so this is based off if if the the family, the Washington family, if George Washington was offered to be king and this this would be his family and his line um so it is the washington family um and there is beatrice samantha and jefferson samantha and jefferson are twins jefferson is um he was born second of the twins so he is technically third in line for the throne Beatrice is first in line because, yay, women actually, you know, get to do that kind of thing now. Um, (laughs) So, you know, Beatrice is, uh, she's feeling a little overwhelmed as it gets closer to her, um, her time to take the throne, which will be whenever her father passes away. Um, and she's the oldest, so of course all the attention is on her. She has to be the good child. But Samantha is kind of the wild child because nobody looks at the second daughter um, because she's not first in line for the throne. So she's kind of a wild child. She kind of does what she pleases, whether people like it or not. <laughs> she really loves her family, but she just she's kind of just the explorer of the family jefferson third in line he everybody loves him he's handsome he's charismatic he's all of this but he has two very different girls vying for his attention um one he has dated before um and one he has not but he's been friends with because he is her sister's friend and a lot of focus is being put on Beatrice um, because she is supposed to be taking a husband. Um, and her sister, Samantha, is kind of enamored with one of the 
prospects. Um, and so this becomes kind of a problem. But the, there's just, there's a lot of, um, it's really modern day, which I like, but you get that royal feel. Um, there's a lot of um, family, I wouldn't say treachery or, or anything. It, it, like, it's a very loving family. They all love each other. They're very supportive of one another. Family drama, um, maybe? There is, yeah, I guess there, there's some family drama, I guess, is the best way to put it. And then there's some romantic drama with Jefferson um, that's really intriguing. And even Samantha to a point. Um, and it, it, it's really good. And I really like um, that it's kind of based off of America having a royal family versus another country. Um, because you see that a lot. Yes. You don't see uh, somebody going, oh, well, what if America had a king and queen or a prince and princess? So that was really intriguing. Um, But I like the, while it is royalty, you do get that very American, modern family loving feel. And I really, really liked that. Um, So this is American Royals, American Royals book one by Catherine McGee. And I believe, did this come out? I believe it came out in 2018. 18 or 19? It I was don't 18 know or 19. Which. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember exactly. Because I think I know the second book, book two, came out last year. Yeah, book two is out, and that is called Majesty. And I haven't read that one yet, but I do have it on Audible. So this, this was a, definitely a great first book. Okay. So that brings us to the end of All Things Royal. Thank you to Brooke and Kristen for coming up with some fantastic royal books. Thanks, as always, goes out to Christine for her fabulous editing. And of course, we thank each and every one of you for joining us as we talk about fantastic books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.